You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Let's take our seats together. It's my joy to welcome you, those here in the service, in the room. Welcome, great to see you. And uh, all those joining us online, a very warm welcome also to you. I I trust you're doing well. And uh, how wonderful it's been this last week to be in prayer and fasting. I hope you've been able to join in some way. And a big, big well done to all of you that have been fasting in some way already in this last week. Um, As I have, I want to encourage you to keep going and not to forget that breakthrough often happens on the other side of a period of prayer and fasting. I also want to say, if for whatever reason this has passed you by and you're arriving today and go, oh, I didn't realize we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting, or I just hadn't done anything, you have by no means missed it. You've got 14 days left. So jump in and get involved. Do something this week. And uh, I know that this is just a really important and precious time for us to press into God. I believe God is stirring something in us as a church. I believe this is a pivotal time and a key time, and I'm excited at what God is doing and what God is going to do. If you can join us, as you heard in the notices, for prayer meetings this week, it's so great to gather uh, online in the mornings and a couple of evenings, lunchtime through the week. You can see all of that detail in our website. Well, we're calling uh, this period of 21 days of prayer, Pray First, and this is our desire that we would not only commit this special dedicated time at the start of our year as a church to the Lord as we enter into 2022, but it would be a principle for our lives that we would not come to prayer as a last resort or an afterthought, but as the first thing that we do, the first response. So when we get up in the morning, we pray first. Before we enter into a situation, we pray first. That when news comes that could potentially rock our world, the first thing we do is pray before the enemy can let fear come in behind it, that we are a people who pray first. Something happens that becomes our default. I want to encourage you to put that into place uh, in your lives. It's so important that we do that. And uh, well, also this uh, last week, we have had our first week's focus, which Mark Beswick uh, brought to us last Sunday. Uh, Come to me. This idea that before anything, we come to God. And there can be this danger with prayer and fasting that we can somehow think we've got to strive and, and, and earn something or somehow impress God. And he just wants to dwell with his people and that we should come and tabernacle with him and dwell with him and enjoy him and uh, just respond to that invitation that says come and I hope for you that it has been uh, several days of intimacy of drawing near of enjoying his presence of rest and restoration of being reminded that we are sons and daughters of the living God come to me now this week we don't leave that behind we build on that so we hold on to that I want to say whatever you do don't don't stop coming to him if you've been coming to him in the last week. That's where we have to carry on, but we put something on top of that idea this coming week, which is prepare the way. Prepare the way. What we've just been singing, fire fall. What, what, let me find these words for us. Fire fall 
Wind come blow. We're ready for more. I don't know if you're ready for more. I'm ready for more. I desire more. Maybe it's just me, but I long for something more. I'm saying, God, don't leave me as I am right now. Thank you for 2021. Thank you for all you've done. But God, would you come and do something? We'll break down the walls, push back the doors. We're ready for more. And this week is really about preparing our hearts for all that God wants to do. And I want to remind us that first, up that we are preparing for something. We're preparing, when we say prepare the way, we're preparing for something. These verses in Isaiah 40 where the phrase originates, verses 3 to 5, a voice of one calling, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare, we're preparing the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. That the work that I'm encouraging us, I'm going to encourage us to do this week, primarily privately, we are preparing for God to move in our lives. I'm utterly convinced that God wants to encounter us at another level, wants to use us in fresh ways. I believe God wants to use you in fresh ways. Some of us, we've, we've allowed some dust to settle on us over the last couple of years of COVID, and I believe it is time to shake that off, that God is going to do something awesome in our lives in 2022. I believe for, for fresh encounters in the presence of God. I even dare to believe for the glory of God to be manifest in our midst. But I don't think it'll happen without we prepare ourselves. So this week we're preparing for something. Preparing for the Lord. Preparing for His glory to be revealed. The key verse for this week's focus coming starting tomorrow, prepare the way, comes from Joshua chapter 3 verse 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Can we say consecrate yourselves together? Consecrate yourselves. We'll come back to that idea in a minute. For tomorrow, let's all say tomorrow, tomorrow. the Lord will do amazing things. Let's say amazing things. Amazing. Among you. You see, God wants to do amazing things among you. I don't know if anyone has a testimony that God has done something in their life at some point. Someone, can anyone testify that God has been at work? Well, God is the God of amazing things. And most of us, we have stories because God did amazing things along the journey of our lives. And God wants to do more amazing things. I believe God wants to do more amazing things in 2022 than he's done in any previous year. But we prepare ourselves, we get ourselves ready because he's about to do something amazing. In that account in Joshua, the Lord had led Israel out of the wilderness after 40 years, uh, right on the cusp of the promise to lead them into Canaan, coming to pass. And they're about to go uh, across the River Jordan. The, the Lord somehow, miraculously, about to heap the water up and hold the river until it dries out and they can get across. Amazing things. And Joshua says, get ready. Consecrate yourselves. Do, make yourselves appropriate for what God is going to do. They had to be right with him first. Preparation always precedes the fulfillment of the promise. Naturally, most of us know the importance of good preparation. You know, probably at some point, somewhere, some of us may be uh, at work or at university have had to do a, a presentation or something. 
or maybe you've sat an exam at some point in your life, or, or maybe even just making a good meal when, when you're not fasting, or doing a DIY project or something. Who knows that good preparation normally pays off? And, and bad preparation, normally, uh, you normally pay the price for it, right? Yeah. And most of us have probably experienced that. We prepared well and it's gone well. We prepared bad and it's gone bad. Now, sometimes we can pull things off, we can wing it, but normally, preparation is key. Benjamin Franklin said the, the famous phrase, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Preparation is key, and the same in our own hearts. This year, 2022, Esther and myself uh, will be married for 25 years. And uh, yes, I know, you, you don't need to celebrate. Yes, yeah, not happened yet, it's coming. And uh, we're only at 24 right now. But I was thinking back about our wedding, and our wedding was an amazing day. But do you know why it was an amazing day? Partly because of the grace of God, but partly because a lot of preparation went into it. If you've ever organized a wedding, you'll know that a lot of preparation normally goes into it. And it was amazing. It was amazing because of the wonderful people that were there on that day. But they'd all been invited by a handmade invitation. It was amazing because, because of the service with beautiful worship and prayers and readings and, and a message. And by the grace of God, the presence of God. But people had prepared it was amazing because of all the nuances, Esther's dress and veil and the flowers and, and the string quartet and, and the jazz band in the evening and, and all the different things and the cake. But who knows that nothing just happens. It, it didn't just, the room didn't set itself up. It was amazing because of preparation. It was amazing because Esther was determined to leave her father's house physically, which was in Birmingham, before coming to our church in Nottingham, which is quite a long drive for a bride to make. And then they closed the motorway on the day of our wedding. But she made it made it on time because they had to prepare. A strange rejigging of cars and all the drama behind the scenes. It was amazing that we did it all on a budget of £3,000. But we asked her, like, from the dress to the food to literally everything. That was it. That's all we had. But we asked a lot of friends. We had a, someone who played the harp. She played at our wedding for a plate of food. God bless. Christelle Pachin. We knew a guy with a camera, and he took our photos. And it was amazing, but there was a lot of preparation. In fact, here's a picture of us on our, on our wedding day. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Haven't changed a bit, right? Um, <laughs> Please don't come and talk to me about that afterwards because, and this is why, because sometimes that happens, you put something like that on people, go, oh, I love your photo, because I'm talking to you about something way more important than that. Please take it down. I'm talking about something way more important than that, which is will you prepare? We prepared for a day, but will we prepare for the Lord? Will we prepare for what God desires to do in us and through us this year? Will we get ready? The principle of preparation is true in the things of God. To experience his glory, we need to prepare. To go deeper into his presence, we need to prepare. To, to draw nearer, we need to prepare. To be used more powerfully, we need preparation. If we'll just get ourselves ready. Church, if we'll just get ourselves ready. I don't know, maybe some of us today are just feeling like a like a long way from God, maybe a bit dry. I want to say that this week we can begin, preparation begin by saying, Lord, here I am. I feel like a, like a dried out desert, but I want to want you. 
I'm not sure how much I desire you. I'm not sure I can sing some of these songs of, Jesus, I love you more than anything, but I want to love you. This is part of preparation. We can prepare our hearts. In the Bible, preparation was, was so key. In Joshua's day, the nation had to consecrate themselves, make themselves holy, abstain from sexual relations, wash their garments. Why? Because God was about to show up and do something amazing. But they had to be ready for a holy God to do a holy thing. They had to be a holy people. And so, and I believe for us, God wants to do amazing things in our lives. But we have to be ready. In David's day, he had a passion for the presence of God. He longed for the Ark of the Covenant, the, the, the place where the, the manifest presence of God dwelt, to come to Jerusalem where he was. And he made a plan for it to come, but he didn't prepare properly at first. And Moses' law had decreed that the Ark of the Covenant should only be carried on the shoulders of the Levites with the help of God. And they put it on a cart and was, was brought by oxen. And one of the oxen stumbled. And Uzzah, a man who was guiding the cart, he reached out to to stop the ark. And as he touched it, he was struck dead. And the Bible says David was afraid of the Lord that day. But friends, they regrouped. And three months later, they had prepared. And they lifted up the ark in reverence before God. And they put it on the shoulders of the Levites with the help of God. And praise and worship accompanied that, that journey through to Jerusalem. And every six steps there was a sacrifice. They prepared and the presence of God came and dwelt among them. It's a picture. Friends, if we want the presence of God, I believe God wants to presence himself in your home. In unprecedented ways. I believe he wants your home to be a Bethel. To be a place of encounter. Where you get up in the morning and you're not forgetting to pray. You encounter in the presence of God. Because he's dwelling where you are. That ark, when it rested for those three months in the house of Obed-Edom. The whole household was blessed. In fact, David was told about it. You know you put the ark at Obed-Edom's house. Everybody there has got blessed. And God wants to presence himself in our homes. And the blessing of God that will accompany that. But friends, we have to prepare if that's going to happen. We have to get ourselves and our hearts ready. In Solomon's day, they built the temple. Friends, the detail, the materials, the provision, the work, the workers, the schedule. It was like nothing seen before. It was unprecedented. But on the day that it was finished and dedicated, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not even enter to perform their duties. The people just knelt down before the Lord. Friends, could we experience the glory of God? I dare to believe we can. In our corporate gatherings to have such holy moments that the glory of the Lord would be, would be felt and known among us. But friends, it won't just happen. It won't just happen. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness and he prayed and fasted. Even he prayed and fasted for 40 days and resisted the devil and returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you want to move in the power of the Holy Spirit more in 2022 than you have done before. I know I do. To lay hands on the sick and see them recover, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. Anybody excited about the power of God in your life, in your workplace, in the place where you study, to be able, someone says, oh, I'm sick, or my mum's got cancer, be able to say, I'm going to pray and to lay hands or do something and, and a supernatural miracle take place. Jesus came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. But even he prepared. Church, I'm I'm calling us 
to preparation, to prepare our hearts. Because God wants to do amazing things. Will we seek him? Will we go after him? Will we pursue him? Will we prepare the way in our own hearts and lives? Of course, it doesn't stop with a week of preparation, but I believe this can be a springboard. It can be a, a catalyst to a difference. Some of us commenting, even after the last seven days, just being in a different place, just because we set time aside to seek God in a different way. And let me tell you, it feels good. It feels good to have drawn nearer. So I invite you, you know, this week, I'm sure in our corporate times of prayer, we'll probably be speaking to valleys to be raised up and mountains to be made low, that the glory of the Lord will be revealed in our city and nation. I'm I'm sure we'll be speaking to the ancient doors to be lifted up that the King of glory would come in. But the real work of this week, I believe, happens privately with us before the Lord, possibly on our knees, maybe on our faces. Saying, God, do something in me. Three ways to prepare the way in your own life this week. And the first is by abiding. It's by abiding. Don't lose that sense of come to me. I love that word, abide. John uh, 15, sorry, verse 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. The NIV uses the word remain. The Greek word uh, minate means to remain, to abide, to wait. Primarily and simply, it means to stay. The verb to stay. Stay in me, Jesus is saying. Stay in me and let me stay in you. Stay with him and then you will bear much fruit. Friends, that we would stay this week. Just stay with it. What does that mean? Well, it means as well as having a time of prayer, be prayer, live prayer. Grab a moment with him. If you're at work and you have a lunch break, take a break. I don't know what you normally do, but do something different that you might be with him. Go, go off somewhere. Take a walk. If you've got a car, go sit in your car. Do whatever you need to do just to sneak a moment with him. Be careful of what we listen to, what we watch, that we would actually, we would abide. We would stay with the Lord. This is the, the first and the best way to prepare the way for the Lord is to stay with him. Enjoy him. You know, fasting helps because it heightens our sensitivity to the presence of God. But it's so important as well because the Lord will prepare us as we walk with him. He'll highlight areas of our lives gently but firmly that he wants to help us break free from. But it also means that any cleansing, any change is more likely to come out of a right response to his love. Because if we abide, we're more likely to grasp how loved we are. And then any cleansing, any, any consecration, it comes as a response. And this is how it should work. If you read the book of Romans, this is how the gospel should work. Not that we've been delivered from the law that says you must, you must, you must. Into grace that says he has loved you with an everlasting love. And his grace is amazing and we shape our lives in response to that. Hello? Are there any Christians in this place today? This is the gospel. And if we abide, we're more likely to grasp. You see, if I grasp his love at a deeper level, if I know how dramatically I have been forgiven... You see, this story that Tracy brought early is very interesting because the lady was so aware of her sin... And the, uh, and the others were not. 
And he said, the one who has been forgiven much loves much. And I'm not, well, I want to love much. So do I need to sin more? No, I need to understand how forgiven I have actually been. How wretched I actually was. The problem with most of us is we don't think we were ever that wretched. And it stops us from loving much. But if I dwell with him, if I abide in him, I might have a revelation of just how forgiven I've been. If I own a deeper understanding of what it means to be adopted as a son, then my desire for holiness comes as a response. Romans 12 says, Therefore, in view of, in view of God's mercy, therefore, in response to all of this, Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord. Church, have you any idea how much the Lord loves you? Have you any idea how he adores you? I don't think most of us have. Have you any clue just how much he desires you? In Song of Songs, just one glimpse of your eye has captured my heart. And I believe he would speak that to us. Just look in my direction and I'm undone. That's what the Lord would say to you. And we struggle to believe it because we know ourselves. But if we abide, we might get a revelation this week. And then it will help us to prepare the way. Stay in him, hold fast. The second thought is that we can prepare the way through consecration. Back to this word from Joshua. Consecrate yourselves for God is going to do amazing things among you. Another word is, is sanctify. The Hebrew kadesh, to consecrate, to sanctify, to prepare, to dedicate, to be holy, to set apart, to keep sacred. Church, we are called to be a, a set-apart people. We're called to be different. Hello? We're called to be different. We're His. We're called to be in the world and to witness to the world, but not to be of the world. Our, our, we're from a different place. I'm from a different place. I don't know about you. My citizenship is in heaven. And we're called to be set apart. In uh, 2 Corinthians 6, Paul warns the Corinthians about being yoked with unbelievers. I believe that means being in covenant with unbelievers. And he says this, What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. This is New Testament, friends. And I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty. Therefore 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 since we have these promises. What are these promises? These promises are that God wants to be your God and he wants you to be his. That he's promised to dwell with you. That he calls you to be a son or a daughter and he says I'll be a father to you. These are the promises. Therefore since we have these promises Dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Friends, consecration is a response to his promise to be with us, that we would be set apart. It includes identifying with the help of the Holy Spirit things in us that are ungodly. And the list, it, the potential list is vast. Often we're aware of our own sin. 
And habitual sin will be a roadblock to the presence of God in our lives. But whatever it is, it can be broken in Jesus' name. Some of us have lost our our spiritual fervor. But the Lord says, a smoldering wick I will not snuff out. And he can come and breathe and fan into flame a passion in your own life for himself. Some of us have become apathetic towards the things of God or the house of God. We become casual in our commitment to him and his people, selfish in our decisions when the Bible says we belong to one another. Some of us were like, oh, I'll I'll catch up online. Friends, his church, it's his body, it's his bride. It's not Netflix. Hello? We may be tolerating things in our lives that we know dishonor the Lord. Things we look at, the language we use, things we harbor in our hearts, unforgiveness, resentment. Sexual behavior outside of marriage, habits might have taken root that cut right across everything God says about us and our call, and they need uprooting. Friends, the Lord will help, but this is a time to prepare the way, to say, God, don't leave me as I am. And thank God for the promise of God. You know, one, John 1, 8 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Friends, thank God. It won't take you six months on your face before God beating yourself up. It'll take you a few minutes on your knees if your heart really means it. To come and say, Lord, forgive me and help me. Friends, simply put, if we want his presence and him to be our people, let's live like his people. If we want to walk as sons and daughters, let's live like sons and daughters. That's the call. That's the higher call on us, church. And when we do, when we make that journey, it is wonderful. It's wonderful. Holiness is not a popular message these days, and I don't know why, because actually it just means being his people. It means being set apart, and when we're set apart, we experience the fullness of who he is in our lives, and it is wonderful. We can go further and pray like David, Psalm 139, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Tomorrow's verse. Let's start there. Tomorrow. Search me, O God, and know my heart. One of the versions says, see if there's anything in me that makes you sad. And friends, God will help us. Abide. Don't stop abiding. And consecration. So part of getting ready for all he has made available for us. Let me take us... A little further to a final thought on how we can prepare the way, and it's through surrender. Through surrender. I wonder when the last time was that you laid it all down. Wow, this might seem a bit of a radical, might even seem like a heavy message today. But church, church, come on. We're his people. Hello? We can preach blessing every week, but we are his people. And if we'll consecrate ourselves and surrender our lives, he will use us on ways we have not dared to imagine. I believe it with all of my heart. Surrender might seem unattractive at first because we want to hold on to some things in our lives. I tell you, there's nothing more liberating than surrender. 
When you get through the wrestle of surrender, of laying it all down, you are free. You're free in that place. Nothing has a hold on you. Money doesn't have a hold on you. Your, your career doesn't have a hold on you. You can go where he wants you to go. You can do what he wants you to do. Surrender will bring you to the freest place. I believe surrender is the gateway to God doing amazing things in our lives. Because when we're surrendered, he can do anything with us. And he will do extraordinary things with us. Jesus said, Luke 14, 33, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Wow, this is the entry point. This, this is not the pinnacle. This is not the summit of Christianity. This is the base camp. What does it mean to give everything up? I mean, believe it just means to hold it lightly. Does he want you to sell everything and give it to the poor? Well, if he asks you to do, but to give up everything, just to hold it lightly with open hands. Just to say, okay, Lord, it's actually yours. But sometimes we can find that it's harder work than we thought. We, we've got a hold of things a bit tighter than we, than we thought we had. This is a great week for us to come and say, Lord, my life is yours. My year is yours. My future is yours. Can you imagine if all of us as a church, this service, next service, online, all of us that represent this community, can you imagine if this week we truly and fully, all of us, put every aspect of our lives, our aspirations, our careers, our location, our futures on the altar this week and said, Lord, do with it whatever you want. I tell you, we change the world. We change the world. And my prayer is we, we would just make at least a move in that direction this week. Some of you know, because I've told the story, that the first time I undertook a full food fast for 21 days, the Lord brought me to a place of the complete resurrender of my life. It was just over 10 years ago. And as it happened, a few months before, the Lord called us out of the blue to come to Coventry. And I look back on that, and I know God was testing my heart. And I was in this time of prayer and fasting, just to seek God. I, I wasn't looking for an answer. I was just looking for him. And I didn't know what else to do other than press in harder. But I was partway through this fast, and I, we had a little lean-to on the back end of our, our little old house in, in Nottingham where we lived. And I was there. It was my place of prayer in those days. And I was in there, and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me as clearly as I've ever heard him. I said, Martin, will you be obscure for me? Now, you've got to understand, I, 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 was, I was in ministry, I was preaching regularly, I was, I was on a platform, I was one of the leaders. My, my life, I'm not a public figure, but I, but I wasn't living an obscure life. And I, I was like, Lord, what are you talking about? Will you be obscure for me? I was like, Lord, but you've, you've, called, me to, you've called me to preach. Will you be obscure for me? I was like, Lord, I, it doesn't make sense. Why would you call me to that? So will you be obscure for me? Will you be hidden so that nobody knows your life? Nobody sees your life. Nobody knows what you do. And I had a picture of what that might look like. And, and I don't know how long it took. It felt like a couple of hours. It was probably 20 minutes. And I remember kneeling down and honestly believing that, that at this moment, my life was about to change. And I said, God, if you go with me, Lord, if you, if you are with me, Lord, if your presence is with me, I'll be obscure for you. And I barely caught my breath. And the voice of the Lord said to me, will you be prominent for me? 
I want to tell you, once you've embraced obscurity, the ugliest thing in the world is prominence. I said, Lord, I don't want to be prominent for you. Lord, I'm genuinely, I am good. I'm good with obscurity now. Like, let me be hidden. I don't want to be uh, on a platform. I, I don't want to be in the spotlight. I don't want my weaknesses to be amplified. I don't want my kids to be, to be in the spotlight. God, Lord, let's send someone. Send AJ. Lord, I, I don't want to. Lord, I don't want to be prominent. Let me be obscure. Let me be hidden. Let me just serve you with you. How beautiful is that idea? Will you be prominent for me? And I had to wrestle through and come to a place of going, Lord, if you go with me, I'll be prominent for you. And I barely caught my breath, and he said, will you give me your house? We didn't have an impressive house by the world's standards, but it was our house. It was our home. We felt the Lord had led us to buy it, and we'd, we'd been there for a number of years. I didn't think I particularly loved my home until that question came. Will you give me your home? Will you give me your house? You've got to understand that in the previous few years, we'd given away 30,000 pounds on top of tithes and offerings at the prompting of the Lord. And I, and I honestly thought the Lord was asking us to sell it and give whatever proceeds we got out away. And I had to go, okay, Lord, listen, it's all yours. It's all, it's all yours. Yeah, you can have the house. Lord, do whatever you want to do. The Lord was testing my heart. Last year in April, the Lord led me through a similar process and it, it's so personal, I, I can't speak about it yet, but I'm sure the time will come when I can. The surrender of our lives. Why? Because God wants to do amazing things. God wants to do amazing things with your life. Some of us, we're stuck in things and yet we're holding on to those things we're stuck in. And if we just let go, he'll do amazing things with us. Fulfill the desires of our hearts. friends understand this as we finish God's desire to presence himself in your life to fill your home with his glory to bless your household to do amazing things to reveal his glory in among us as a community not to wrestle through another 12 months but to step into the most glorious 12 months we've experienced as a church but I believe we need to prepare our hearts. There's a work to be done in each one of us this week personally. I understand this is probably more about tomorrow than about today, but I wonder if we could respond right now in prayer before the moment passes. I wonder if there's something in your heart that says, yes, Lord. You're maybe not ready to, to respond to everything that I've said, but there's something that says, God, I choose you and I turn towards you and not away. I embrace the challenge of whatever you want to do and I don't resist it. If you can say something like that, if that's the direction of your prayer and you're physically able, can we kneel together in this place? If you're at home joining us online, I invite you to kneel if your heart says yes. Why don't the band come? Lord, that you would call us out that you would call us your people. Lord, that you would, you would call us holy. You would tell us that you chose us in you before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in your sight. That you would call us sons and daughters. I pray, God, would you do a work in our hearts that we live like sons and daughters? Would you do a work in our hearts, God? 
Lord, that you would want to presence yourself with us, that you would want to manifest your holy presence in our lives and in our homes, that you will call our bodies your temple, God. These things, are they're beyond us. God, that you would, you would want to manifest your glory, that you want to fill, fill the house with your glory and, and fill our houses with your glory, God. And I... God, would you forgive us for our apathy? Would you give us, forgive us for our complacency, God? Lord, you would want to lift us up. And you don't come with a hint of condemnation. You just call us. You just look lovingly towards us and say, My son, my daughter, draw near. I pray this week, would you do a work in us? Help us to prepare the way that the glory of the Lord would be revealed. For my friends, everyone, everyone here, everyone online, I pray, God, I understand we're going to be at different places here on this journey, but I pray every one of us would make a positive move this week closer to you. A more surrendered step whether everyone can lay everything down I do not know but I pray God every one of us would take a step closer and as we do that prepare the way for all you want to do church the band are going to lead us in a song and I encourage us to begin singing it on our knees and stand when we're ready